A lot of leaders and innovators talk about disrupting healthcare, but what does that really mean? And how does one actually do it? On Life-Centered Healthcare, we dive into these questions and more, talking to innovators who are leveraging Clay Christensen's theories to transform our healthcare ecosystem. I'm Ann Summers-Hogg, Senior Research Fellow of Healthcare at the Clayton Christensen Institute, and I hope these stories help inspire you along your journey to transform health and care. Welcome back, listeners. On today's episode of Life-Centered Healthcare, we're discussing a topic critical to the improvement of women's health, and that is postpartum care. If you know anything about women's health in the U.S., you know it has a lot of room for improvement generally. And this is especially true when it comes to maternal mortality, as the U.S. has the worst maternal mortality rates of any developed nation. And to add insult to injury, these rates are getting worse. And recent studies show that these deaths are highly preventable. These reasons are why innovators in women's health are such a joy to speak to. Similar to what we did in our first podcast episode, I'm thrilled to welcome a potentially disruptive solutions founder to today's show. Mandy Major, founder and CEO of Major Care, is here with us today. Welcome, Mandy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. We're so glad that you are. And if listeners aren't familiar with Major Care, they are a doula-led doula-focused company on a mission to remake postpartum care in the U.S. They do this through continuous remote care with a goal of making postpartum doula care mainstream while also making it as affordable and accessible as possible. Lastly, for listeners, before we dive into questions, if you haven't listened to our first episode where I interview the founder of Oma Fertility, I suggest you pause this episode and go back and listen to the start of that one. In that episode, I provide a foundation for what disruptive innovation is and what it isn't, and that'll be really helpful context for the conversation Mandy and I will have here today. Okay, without further ado, let's hand the mic over to you, Mandy. And I really like to start with why. So could you tell us why you started Major Care? Yes, and I love that question because for me, it was a personal experience that turned into a professional mission. So that origin story is very near and dear to my heart. And it started, I had my daughter almost seven years ago and (laughs) hard to believe. And I was living in New York City. I was actually not in birth work at that time. I was in digital media and one of the last of my friends to have a baby. And I read every book, did all of the trackers and felt very prepared. And I had really great prenatal care. My daughter came a month early and surprised us all and surprised us even more that she didn't need the NICU. So that was something that we were really grateful for. On the flip side, we were discharged as if she were basically a full-term infant. And we were handed this paper on your late preterm infant, this tiny pamphlet that I never read because I had just had a baby (laughs) and a month early. Right, And so that really kickstarted this whole journey where I came face to face with our lack of integrated postpartum care. We have all of this support and services and care through pregnancy and many celebrations. And then after that discharge from the hospital, it's just best of luck. Uh, See you at six weeks for that very quick 10 to 15 minute OBGYN checkup. And then you're on your own. And it's this patchwork of family and friends, Dr. Google, social media, which takes you to some really (laughs) not great places. So through that, 
and meeting people in my community, it led me into the data. I'm a journalist. I was a journalist for many, many years, and I think uh, I love data. And But this I didn't love to see that what is substandard for many is dangerous and deadly for others, really, depending on where you live and what you look like. The lack of integrated care to me is inexcusable, and the inequities because of this lack of care are inexcusable. And they're only getting worse. So for me at that time, I felt like I needed to be part of that solution. Once I got my head above water with my own journey and feeling very much called to become a doula. So I did that. I became a certified postpartum doula and moved and started working in my community and then felt like, how do we, in-person doula work is so vital. And you'll I say this all the time of just how incredibly important it is, though there are restrictions on it based on geography and cost. And so given my background in digital health, I felt like there was an opportunity. How do we reach people where they are, which is on their phones? And how do we make this care, as you said, as mainstream, accessible and affordable as possible, seeing that doula care tends to be very stratified, grant-based community organizations for folks who are under the poverty level or for the privileged people who can pay for it out of pocket and it's pricey, but as it should be, pay doula is what they're worth. So there's this whole chasm of people who aren't served. And I think that doulas are, were one, we're uniquely trained to serve postpartum, but two, incredibly cost-effective and one of the most targeted, targeted and agile and equitable ways to address our postpartum care crisis. So that led me to founding the company right before the pandemic, January, 2020. And we've been iterating since, and and here we are. And it's my head, my heart, and my everything. What a great way to conclude the story, your head, your heart, and your everything. And I love how you started it with, it was a personal story turned a professional mission. And how you pointed to the, while we have highly integrated prenatal care, we have a huge lack of integrated postpartum care. So we go from providing birthing people with an integrated set of solutions that they are supposed to pursue while they are pregnant to saying, good luck, see you in six weeks. That's exactly it. The chasm between the departure from the hospital and that really brief check-in that you're supposed to have with your OBGYN six weeks later is like you said, substandard for many and dangerous and deadly for others. So tell us a little bit more about where you hope to take major care. What's your vision for what the organization will accomplish? It's a big vision. There's a, an ample roadmap to get there. <laughs> My ultimate vision is that no one leaves the hospital or birthing center without our number to text. We focus on HIPAA compliant SMS-based text and video care, and we want to be true to our tagline, which is our mission of put a doula in your pocket. So when we work at that high level with payers and become integrated, that's what I want to see to your point of all of these integrated prenatal visits. We want to bake doula care into the continuum of care in postpartum, especially ensuring that parents leave that hospital or birthing center knowing where to go for postpartum questions And not only that postpartum care, but also support for why should you attend your six-week OB-GYN visit and really trying to integrate and be part of that postpartum ecosystem. So for us, it's how do we make sure that we're integrated, no one leaves that birthing center or hospital without our number to text, and that we're 
part and parcel with the delivery process, that continuum of care, while also being very additive to local ecosystems of community birth work. Great. And I want to build on what you said about putting the doula in your pocket and really how that is a pathway to all of the the other downstream impacts that you mentioned. So tell us a bit about your focus on what new moms really need. How are you making care more accessible, affordable, and convenient for them? You mentioned meeting people where they are, which is on their phones. But tell listeners a little bit more about how you go about doing that. Definitely. And there's so much that we need. <laughs> and that when we look around the world, care is integrated. Postpartum care is integrated in some form or fashion in almost every country and culture around the world other than ours. Ours is very, we have a, a really robust baby culture, but some, and you can see that with all of the, the tools and the gadgets and monitoring and nurseries and, and all of that is wonderful, but it's been to date at the expense of the, the birthing person, really. So I think there's so much that we need to do to care for people in postpartum, to educate them on postpartum recovery for themselves, um, lactation, and just so much in terms of the emotional ups and downs that come with this massive, massive life transition. We talk a lot about going from being an autonomous person to being tethered to this tiny human, especially if you're breast or chest feeding, you are quite literally tethered <laughs> and you're on this every two hour, every two to three hour clock, which is it just, you can't overstate how wild that is when you've gone from, especially for as for your first birth from this autonomous person to that. So I think our work is really, and that mission of trying, of wanting to be integrated is because you don't know what you don't know. So when you have a baby, you don't know what normal looks like and you don't know what okay looks like. And there's so many things that are common, but not okay. And I think that's why we see, well, there's many reasons why we have the deplorable outcomes we have, including at a structural level. There's so much there where we lack integrated postpartum care. We lack federal paid leave. There's lots of things at a structural level, but I think culturally, because we also don't have those supports, we tend to just try to grit it out. We know it's going to be hard because everyone tells us that, <laughs> but we don't know what is an acceptable level of difficulty and what's not and what's happening with our bodies. So all of which is to say, I think in our current model, we wait till something goes wrong and something goes usually really wrong enough for you to say, okay, I need to focus on my own care. So now what do I do? And so the onus is all on the birth, birthing person to assess what's going on, realize that care or like something needs to change or the help is needed and then research where to go, who to select and then pay for it out of pocket particularly with doula care. So that's really unfortunate. And for us, it's how do we flip that on its head? How do we provide continuous care, even from that non-medical doula lens where there's so much we can do with education and prevention and early intervention and guidance to the right place. I think a lot about, say, pelvic floor conditions. There's so There's so many movies and TV shows that make jokes about after you have a baby, you're going to pee when you sneeze or pee when you laugh. That's not normal. <laughs> that's common, but not okay. If that's happening after, say, an uncomplicated vaginal delivery and it's after three months, that's pelvic floor therapy. That's the window where we want to start exploring that. But that's just one of many accepted things in that constellation of conditions that birthing bodies face. So I think for us, it's 
how are we integrated right from the beginning so that you're not turning to Dr. Google, you're not turning to social media, you're really coming to a place where you are getting evidence-based, culturally congruent care with trained and certified postpartum doulas who are also credentialed in lactation. I'd love to build off of off of that, being integrated from the beginning and the question you posed a moment ago about how do we provide that continuous care? So the major care platform, including the MyForth app, like you said, the doula in your pocket, allows users to access information and chat with a doula from anywhere at any time. So how will this technology help you reach a larger market over time, reach those who today can't afford to pay for a doula out of pocket? Absolutely. And I think to answer that, I'm going to back up one step and say that we uh, have an offering that is direct to consumer where families can pay out of pocket. It's HSA and FSA eligible, but they can pay out of pocket for that care. And that's important and will always serve direct to families. That said, we've spent the better part of the last year really focusing on on B2B and B2B2C, meaning how can we work with providers and payers, healthcare organizations to integrate this care with that ultimate goal of it not being on the shoulders of, cons- of, of those families to bear the cost. How can we offset it in some way or have it paid for Overall, and I think that's really important because the the ROI is there, and we're just at this point now of really coming around that quantitative data to prove that out, which is important. That may sound funky when talking about how important the care is, but we need to have that ROI discussion so that the powers that be see how how we can move the needle with maternal care, but also how advantageous it is to bake this kind of care into the continuum of birth. Because if we can prevent those escalated clinical care issues that are hard for families to go through and are very expensive for the system, the better off we'll all be. So that being said, yeah, firing on a lot of different cylinders, but really to make doula care as effective and scalable as possible. That's our mission to your question of, and I think remote care allows us to do that. It allows us to reach a larger market over time because we can be anywhere and everywhere and we're meeting people where they are, as I said before. So I think just as important in urban centers as rural, but it is important to, I think, point out we have over 7 million families living in a maternal care desert. So And that means they're an hour and a half away from care, from a provider and or hospital system. Even though we're non-medical, how can we, again, focus on that education and guidance and prevention, screening, all of those things that doulas can do within their scope of practice to help care and guide families, especially those those in the maternal care deserts and rural areas, to make sure that they are seen and cared for. So I think that's really huge. And I make no bones about it. We want to be the leader of postpartum doula care in this country. And it's been very exciting to hear from people in other countries who want this care as families and then also doulas who want to doula in this way and want us to come to other countries. So that is something I'm very excited about and looking forward to in the future, thinking about how we can leverage this two-pronged system of continuous remote doula care with async education 
around the world. That's incredible. I want to come back to that in just a second in terms of what you're hearing from customers and what people who are engaging with major care think about it. But before I do, I want to go back to your comment around ROI. So perhaps because I study healthcare business models, I think the ROI conversation is fascinating, but it's also critical to sustainability. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a sustainable way to make margin, your company won't last very long. So you mentioned in your introduction, major care is relatively new. You launched in January 2020. So you're still in the early days of your business model development. What are some key assumptions that you're currently testing in order to prove the business model's viability, in order to prove that you do have a consistent ROI over time? Very much top of mind. And for us, it's really about partnering with healthcare organizations and payers and not only pursuing the fee-for-service in Medicaid-eligible states, which is happening month over month, there's it's changing at a state level, but also discussing enterprise pilots that help us co-learn and answer the how of integrating doula care into healthcare. I think we're finally at a point where no, uh, most people are not asking why. <laughs> we're seeing there, there's such powerful data around the efficacy of doula care, but it is the how. How do we integrate this in a massive way? So those are long tail conversations, but I think the ones that are really propelling us forward. And so it goes back to gaining metrics on the engagement and the efficacy and really studying that ROI where right now we have disparate data on birth doulas. There's not so much on postpartum doulas. And what's there for postpartum doulas tends to focus on lactation and postpartum depression primarily. There's some other studies, but we don't really have a unified data set yet because I think doulas are not new, but doulas in this way are new. So we don't have that that really cohesive data set of what does it look like to have long tail postpartum care integrated? What does it look like to have remote doula care integrated? What does it look like to have any kind of system of postpartum care that's not just that single OBGYN visit? So there's a lot of quantitative metrics we need to gain to match the qualitative ones that we have. So for us, it's really pushing against those assumptions, the ROI assumptions, proving those out with meaningful partners. Great. Thank you for explaining that. And as you were talking about the lack of data, you know, we don't have the data around the value that postpartum doulas provide. It made me think about a comment you made earlier, but how other cultures around the world integrate postpartum care the same way they do prenatal care. Do they have data on the value, the efficacy of postpartum doulas, or is this generally an area of little research? There are studies. It's interesting to see what other countries do that have some kind of, that have integrated care. We don't see doulas per se, but they typically have different names. You might see in different roles, there might be a home health care worker. Okay. It might be a midwife. It might be somebody who's devote, who is like a doula, but just has a different name in that country. There's a little difference where in other countries, frankly, they it's just the word that's coming to mind is social good. I know that's probably going to, that's kind of fraught to say, but it's what is. It's unbelievable to people in other countries that America is offers not, like really nothing. So right. I think... Yeah. I don't think that's fraught to say at all, because if you look at the United States, our birth rates are declining for a number of reasons. It's more expensive to have children. It's harder to find childcare. We don't have universal paid leave, et cetera, et cetera. And 
that's a whole population problem. That is a societal issue because as population falls, the tax base falls and it's a ripple effect. And so I, I think actually couching it as a social good is, <laughs> is pretty on par. <laughs> I do want to hear a little bit more about what you're hearing from customers who engage with major care, these previous non-consumers of postpartum services. What do you hear from them about engaging with your company? It is single-handedly the best part of this work. It's, it's why we're doulas and myself as a doula and our whole team being doula led. It's, it's why we do this work. And we do a, every month we send out a simple five question questionnaire via text to our families to ensure that we're serving them in the right way. They're hearing from us enough. We're, we're answering their questions. You know, we're really doing the work we want to be doing. And it's exciting to see that month over month we are. We're getting those really fantastic reviews and making sure that, yeah, we're connected in the right ways. And I will say we are currently wrapping up the filming of a video testimonial campaign with families who have graduated from our services. And some some of these families have been with us for the full 12 months postpartum which is incredible. And that's what we want because we know that there's nothing neat and tidy about the milestones (laughs) in that first year. It really, there's so much to that first year. You do need that care and that support through those 12 months. So it's been beautiful to hear the feedback reflected to us. We've made an impact in postpartum recovery and safety, lactation, mental health, which is really important. And that's so powerful. But Honestly, what has impacted me the most was to hear that parents felt seen across the board. And, you know, we want to improve outcomes, but we also want to improve the experience of postpartum. And I think it's really important to center on that because when we're focused on all of the headlines, all of these metrics and outcomes, we can lose sight of making sure people feel held and seen and the experience of postpartum was improved. How rewarding to get to hear that from your customers. That's that's impeccable. My last question for you today, Mandy, is how are existing providers in the market responding to your launch and your growth? Or are they not responding at all? <laughs> um, that's a good one. I think we are definitely pushing boundaries with providers and payers who see Doula care is a bit of a binary in terms of either or, either you have in-person care or you have remote care. And we really see it as a both and where we need to come at this crisis in many different ways. And as a doula-led company, community doula work is incredibly important and vital to this crisis. So we see ourselves as that and to build on top of it. And we hope that the folks who uh, are the decision makers within healthcare see that as well and see that they're, we can come at it collectively. And it's really important, I think, to have that both and perspective. And the same can be said of prenatal and birth support versus postpartum. I think we're still finding that we are myopically focused on pregnancy. It's important to serve it and serve it well. There's so much that can be done prenatally to improve postpartum outcomes. But we tend to find there there really is a fissure there. It's fractured care and 
in conversations, I think there's, there's still a real focus on, but what about pregnancy? What about, <laughs> what about pregnancy? And at the expense of postpartum, which is unfortunate, again, that binary where we want to see it as a both and. So I think in terms of the market responding, there's definitely some Goliath digital healthcare providers. I won't name names who <laughs> are seeing doulas as a market opportunity and are moving into this space. And I think it's a little concerning. I hope they're approaching it in the right way. And frankly, I'd rather see them partner with doula organizations to stand up that care versus spinning it off without doulas involved and in how it's going to be set up. But that's probably the topic for another podcast. <laughs> it probably is, but I do have one follow-up question on it. So those larger virtual care platform players who are seeing this as a market opportunity because they likely noted there's a lot of non-consumption in this area and others are proving that there is a market here to be served. Are they doing it in a similar way that they would on-demand care through a virtual platform, like paper transaction? Yeah, that's what we're uh, seeing is okay. what, what we call a booked care session model. So for us, that's really, again, goes back to the, the differentiator of that doesn't serve the season of life well and why we're all the more focused on continuous care. You don't want to wait till something goes wrong to have somebody then reach out. We want to make sure we're five steps ahead of that moment. So I think that's for us where we'll stay focused on doula care and really living that as, as a doula-led company. And I think also exploring how do we advance doula care from the lens of maternal health, but also in-home health care and remote patient monitoring? It's exciting to see some of those conversations happening. And that's, I think, maybe the benefit of the advancement of digital care overall is that we can borrow from some other sectors and, and really look at remote postpartum care in a new way, which we do. And that's exciting. We average 22 touch points a month with our families, which is really striking in terms of the engagement and the connectivity, which provides that much better outcomes. The average family on the platform interacts with the doulas 22 times a month. That's what we average. So I think for us, That's it's incredible. exciting to see. Thank, yeah, thank you. And to look at the trust that we're building. I think you can't under, understate trust enough, or we don't want to understate trust. It's so important to providing care and then also helping people connect with their providers, with their benefits, making sure we get them to the right place, understanding our scope is of doulas, and then making sure when care needs to be leveled up, it is in the appropriate way. Wonderful. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your work at Major Care. I am impressed by your simultaneous focus on making doula care mainstream, accessible, and affordable, while also being focused on proving the ROI so that you can not only maintain your business, that you can also grow it and scale it over time. And how reassuring it must be that parents tell you they feel seen across the board. And it seems that with Major Care, you are truly living the mission of integrating postpartum care. And like how you said, people don't know what they don't know. They don't know what normal or okay looks like. And there's so many things that are common, but not okay. And by providing education and a trusted resource, the doula in their pocket, you are addressing that. So thank you for your focus on making what is substandard for many and dangerous and deadly for others a thing of the past. This work is critical for a better future for mothers, parents, families, 
and our society as a whole. And I look forward to watching major care grow in the in the years ahead and watching this innovator make waves and make positive impacts in women's health. So thank you for what you do. I hope listeners have enjoyed listening to more about your model today. And just quickly let us know, how can they learn more about major care if they're interested? Well, thank you so much. It's absolutely a delight to be here. I so appreciate you and all of the work you do. And if folks want to find us, they can do that at majorcaredoulas with an S.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you so much, Ann Summers. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Life-Centered Healthcare. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And for more of the latest in healthcare, check out our website, christiansoninstitute.org. You can sign up for our newsletter and read our latest industry insights. Until next time, have a wonderful day, everyone.